How's it going, folks? Well, today, here on Will's Takes, we'll be talking about my trip to Indianapolis to watch a Colts game. Uh, Sunday night football, things that happen around the rest of the NFL, and who is leading in offense, defense, stats, and other great things. So this weekend... I made it to my ninth NFL stadium that I have been to, Indianapolis Colts. Now, Indianapolis Colts have a special place in my heart. It was um, in 2000, 2003 that I went to Indianapolis for a Bands of America concert uh, competition. And before that, I had never really been a huge NFL football fan. But I went there, I seen the banners, I seen the huge sign of Peyton Manning there. It also helped that the team was in blue. Uh, I mean, Houston Texans had just started out. So, I mean, I kind of had love for the Houston Texans, but man, I seen this huge picture of Peyton Manning, Edron James, and uh, Marvin Harrison on the side of the then RCA Dome. And it was like larger than life. Here I was on the field of the Indianapolis Colts. Little did I know about the Indianapolis Colts, but when I came back, I kind of started watching Indianapolis Colts, this great quarterback, Peyton Manning. And he became my favorite player. That became my favorite team. And it was really great to finally get up there and see a game, even though I am not, uh, even though it's not the Indianapolis Colts any longer. Well, I mean, Even though it is not the, even though it is not the uh, RCA Dome and Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne and Edgen James playing any longer, it was just really great to go to the city that had put up so much great football and has such a proud history of football and really was the birthplace of my NFL fandom. Um, so yeah, so went to Indianapolis. So the stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium was, it was a sight to see. The town itself is not very big, a real blue collar town. I mean, it just, it looks like an old town. And I mean, it's just, um, I'm kind of surprised, you know, cause when I look at the NFL and, you know, growing up in Houston and being down the road from Dallas and just, you know, a lot of East Coast teams, you always picture the NFL as this place that's in these mega cities where just everybody has all the technology and all the money. And then you get to some of these stadiums and you find out this is a really small town. This is like, this place is not very big, but I feel like those are almost better because those people really do love those people really do love their teams. They really love the teams. They really are into um, watching their team play. And they're the great fans. They make great fans. And so their fans, I felt like, were very classy fans. Now, I think... I think in his, I think in this case, you know, I mean, they have their very proud fan base. They have had a lot of, they've been spoiled with a lot of success within the last couple of decades, honestly. Um, yeah, so I was thinking that, um, yeah, so I was thinking like, you know, 
Hold on, I lost track of my thought. I had a message and I just keep forgetting where I'm going. Yeah, so proud fan base has experienced a lot of success. I feel like these folks here, you know, they're they don't have to be ugly to the fans because you know that's just not what they're used to. They're used to winning, they're used to being good. And so far this year, surprisingly to me, the Colts have not been very great. I thought they were going to be really good with the addition of Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, the team seemed like it was just on the cusp of being good last year with Carson Wentz. And, um, yeah, with the addition of Matt Ryan, I just felt like he would be a much better quarterback to lead them back to maybe some of those great glory days that they had with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. However... You know, I mean, so far this year, it has not looked like that. They are ranked near the very bottom. I believe they are ranked at the very bottom of scoring points. They are ranked, you know, near the bottom in a lot of offensive quarter categories. The team has just it's just struggled to find this rhythm yet with Matt Ryan. Which, you know, I'm seeing that happen for a lot of teams with new quarterbacks. You look around the league and there's Denver with Russell Wilson, they're struggling, definitely struggling to find their rhythm. So, I mean, maybe in time, it'll get better. Uh, so, when I went, they were playing the Tennessee Titans, a division rival. Um, kind of surprised not to see more Tennessee fans. I saw, you know, I mean, it was just a few sprinkled in here and there. There was not, definitely not a lot of them. I feel like most other games I've gone to, I've seen a lot of opposing fans. There, there just was not a lot there. And I think that kind of stems from both Tennessee and the Indianapolis Colts being more small market teams. They're not these huge teams that have tons of fans all over the nation. I mean, yeah, their fans are pretty much right there in their hometown, in their home state. You know, that's where their fans are. The um, Whereas, like, you go like a Dallas Cowboys game or a Pittsburgh Steelers game, their fans are going to be there no matter where they're at. Patriots fans... Whereas I feel like Patriots were kind of a smaller market. With all the success that they have experienced recently, they've become a bigger market. Buccaneers fans, you're starting to see more of them. Kansas City fans is definitely more of them. You know, so when a team's doing great, they, they'll have a bigger fan base outside of their home market. But then there's like teams like the Steelers and the Dallas. Regardless of how they're doing, they're going to have a huge fan base. One of the weird things, the other things I like to do is when I'm looking for food in the stadium. I love to look for food in the stadium. When I'm looking for food in the stadium, I did not find any, like, I, I struggled when I was in Indiana finding any food that was native to Indiana. So if there's anybody who listens to this who's native to Indiana, let me know. What do y'all eat out there? Like, what is the thing? Like, what is something that you go to that that's Indiana, that says Indiana? Um, like, you know, Philly has the cheese steak, you know. Um, you go to New Orleans, you're getting gumbo. You know, you come to Texas, there's barbecue. Um, you know, I mean, so what, what's, what's, what is, what is Indiana food known for? Um, I didn't find anything like special to eat in the stadium. Stadium food prices were just, you know, typical stadium food prices, overpriced for what you get. But I mean, it wasn't terrible. I feel like they could have definitely been worse. Um, As far as the game went, the game was, uh, you know, I always want to pick games to go to. I always love to pick games that I feel like are going to be competitive, games that I feel like are going to be interesting. 
Um, it was the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts went down early, 14 to nothing. It looked like it was about to get get late early. I was really pulling, hoping that the Colts would win. The um, But the Colts, they really struggled running the ball, of all things. You know, like they have Jonathan Taylor, who's supposed to be this great running back, and he was last year. He averaged two yards a carry yesterday. We're going up against Derrick Henry, which hasn't been Derrick Henry so far this year, but he looked like Derrick Henry yesterday. He had a great day, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Yeah, I mean, they just could not get out of their own way. But really the story of the game, because even though the Colts outgained the Titans in yards, they had more time, they had the longer time of possession and everything. And Matt Ryan threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Despite all of that, they lost the game by a touchdown. And the main story of the game was turnovers. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Everybody knows if you don't win the turnover, if you don't win the turnover battle, you chances of winning the game are not great. Um, they had early, early in the game, they lost the fumble, which led to the Titans' first touchdown. Later in the game, there was an interception. I don't think that one led to points, but, you know, still is an interception. Then, very late, and this was probably the dagger for the Colts in the game, was late in the game. They were driving. looked like they were going to come down and score, and the running back, Jonathan Taylor, drops the ball, and Titans fall on it. And that really, that really kind of closed the door on Indy's chances to really – Come back in that game. I mean, it started getting really, started getting really dark really, really early. I mean, they still had opportunity, but I mean, to lose that drive was was tough. My seats for the game. I always like to sit in the end zones, mainly because that's like the place I can get into on the lower ball. It's usually a little cheaper at the end zones than it is to sit on the um, you know along the along the sidelines. But the end zone, what I like about the end zone is it really does give you a nice perspective of the game. So you can kind of see, especially when they come down to your end zone, you can really see the whole game coming at you. And that's what I really like. I like to be able to see so you can really see the receiver's routes almost kind of in the same way. I mean, obviously not in the same way that the quarterback sees them because you're not at the field level, but you can see those routes developing and so you kind of get an idea of what a quarterback's looking at. And just just the fact that when you go to a game, it just gives you so much more introspective into the game. It's, it's, I'm telling you, people will say, why go to the game? You could just watch it on TV. It's it's all the same thing. It's not the same thing. You have to go because when you go to the game, it just gives you a totally different view of the sport. It's really fun. You go... You're around all the fans. You you feel all the energy of the stadium. When the stadium gets rocking and the fans are loud, that's that's what you really love. And it's just it's great. You got to get to the stadium early and just experience all the pregame activities, all the parties, all the tailgates, everything like that. Just makes going to a game the best. All right. So also here we have. Sunday night football. We had the Tampa Bay 
Buccaneers playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They made a big deal out of this game because it was the first time that Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady had met up since they met in the Super Bowl a couple years where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really just dismantled a high-flying, high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense. Tampa Bay's pass rush and defense was just way too much in that Super Bowl for Kansas City to deal with. And it really went back to the whole additive that defense wins championships. And, I mean, that's kind of what it was. I mean, Tom Brady, it was Tom Brady in that game. And he, so, going into that game, I kind of expected it to be a shootout back and forth between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. But that's not what we got. We got Tom Brady shooting away. But Patrick Mahomes couldn't get anything started in that Super Bowl. Coming into this game, after coming into this game, the Bucks had the number one defense in the league, whereas Kansas City had just lost to Indianapolis in a game where they really did not look very well, and was really starting. We're really starting to question who is this Kansas City Chiefs team? You know, they beat the Cardinals, who Let's say they're not playing their best. They beat Los Angeles, which is a division foe. But, I mean, they are, um, yeah, they beat Los Angeles, who is a division foe. But they're not, they're not up to snuff, necessarily. I mean, they have a lot of issues on their team. They're missing Keenan Allen. So, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers have beat Dallas. They beat the Saints, they lost to the Packers. Had a very tough game. And all of their all of their games were very low scoring, very tough defensive games. Quite honestly, I didn't think the Chiefs had the defense to come in and play with a team like that. And I didn't know that the Chiefs could put up points the way they were able to put up points on Tampa Bay's defense. The Chiefs ended up winning the game forty one to thirty one by ten points. And so, and I mean, really, it shouldn't have been that close. Um, the Bucks got one more touchdown after after Patrick Mahomes threw kind of a careless interception towards the end of the game. That you know, I mean, I think he wanted his receiver Juju Smith-Schuster to kind of keep running through on that, and he didn't. It was just a ball that Patrick Mahomes really didn't have to throw, and probably shouldn't have thrown. But you know, either way, they were able to hold on and win the game. Um, as far as stats in this game goes, I mean, both teams had 27 first downs, but both team, um, Kansas City rushed the ball 37 times for 189 yards and two touchdowns. Now that's huge. Kansas City could not run the ball at all last week against Indianapolis. Patrick Mahomes finished the day last week as the leading rusher on the team with four attempts for 26 yards. Their starting running back last week had zero yards and a touchdown. That's kind of show you the type of game that they had last week running the ball. Well, apparently Aaron D. Reed let his offensive line know that, hey, you know, you guys are not helping us run the ball well enough. And so his offensive line responded this weekend, and they were getting off, getting blocks, giving these running backs room and space to run the ball, and they did. They ran the ball very well. Like I say, 37 times, 189 yards, and two touchdowns. Tampa ran the ball only six times, three yards, and a touchdown.
Um, as far as passing, Kansas City was 23 for 37 for 249 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Tom Brady was 39 of 52, 385 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So statistically, it wasn't a bad day for Brady, but he also he did have a fumble, and they just really couldn't get going on offense fast enough to keep up with the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City only punted once in the entire game. The game started off with a kick return that ended up as a fumble due to the kick returner fumbling the ball, which gave Kansas City its first possession at the 20-yard line. So that helped them get off to a fast start and really have momentum going in their way. Kansas City was 12 for 17 on third down conversions. West Tampa wasn't bad either at 6 for 10. Uh, Kansas City did miss one fourth down conversion. And Kansas City, with that great running at the ball, was able to carve up almost two-thirds of the entire, almost, what is it? Yeah, two-thirds of the entire game with 38 minutes and leaving Tampa only 21 minutes time of possession. Based off of that game, you know, it really was kind of showed that maybe Tampa is struggling a little bit more than we thought this year. And Kansas City, maybe, or maybe Kansas City is not is having as rough of a time. I tell you what, if Kansas City can run the ball like that for the rest of this game, for the rest of the season, I mean, they're going to be a tough team to beat. They are looking, last night, I would say, they looked like world beaters. Patrick Mahomes was doing his regular old Patrick Mahomes magic. He had a uh, scramble out of backfield, busted a spin move, and threw a touchdown. And then, you know, I mean, but really the main thing over here was the Chiefs' ability to run the ball so well. So if the Chiefs can keep up running that ball the way they were last night, and their defense can, I mean, they gave up a lot. The defense did give up a lot. 31 points, 385 yards. By, by all means, it wasn't a great statistical defense, but I don't know. Just something about the eye test to me. This defense looks different. I don't know. Y'all let me know what you think. So, in other news in the NFL from week four, Cincinnati Bengals beat Miami Dolphins in a game where Joe Burrow was concussed. Many people suspecting that Joe Burrow was suffered a concussion the week before, and therefore the second concussion was much worse. I'm not going to talk much on that. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not a doctor. Um, he did look like from the video I've seen that he could have possibly had a concussion the week before, but some doctor checked him out, said he was good. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. Um, Minnesota Vikings beat New Orleans Saints on an early morning game in London. Um, you know, I mean, the Vikings, some people are really expecting big things from the Vikings. They squeaked past the Saints playing with Andy Dalton 28-25. Um, Minnesota, they're, they're just kind of squeezing on by so far. They, they they had a really tough one against um, the Lions the week before. So we'll see how they do down this road. But, I mean, right now I can't really say they're one of my favorites. 
Atlanta Falcons beat the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns is not a bad team, though, Jacoby Brissett. Um, they have a gr- great run game with Nick Chubb. And despite Jacoby Brissett, Nick Chubb, and Joku leading and receiving, rushing, and passing, they somehow lose to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm actually have to go and review that one to find out a little bit more about what happened there. Um... The Dallas Cowboys beat the Washington Commanders. Big surprise there. I mean, obviously the Washington Commanders have just looked terrible this year. Uh, Dallas Cowboys have looked decent with Group of Rush. You know, I mean, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised by that. Buccaneers is a solid team. So we'll just see. We'll see what this Dallas team is. They don't look like they have a very deep on receiver. And C.D. Lamb doesn't look like... The all-out balling number 88, Michael Irvin says that he's supposed to be, but he's doing well enough. And the team is doing well enough between that and having a good rushing game. And their defense has been playing really, really good. And they've been winning a lot of close games. The Seattle Seahawks and Detroit Lions, a 48-45 to game. I mean, did anybody play defense on that game or did just running sprints up and down the field? Los Angeles Chargers beat the Houston Texans. Big surprise there. I mean, the Houston Texans have nothing. If anything, they have nothing. And if they have nothing, they have nothing upon that. So, I mean, I don't expect Houston to win many games at all this year. The Giants beat the Chicago Bears. Once again, another team that has... Nothing. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now that's a good one there, right? Oh, man. You know, Philadelphia Eagles have been flying hard, but those Jaguars, those Jaguars, it's been really sneaky this year, and I think it's been really surprising a lot of people. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a really tough defense. Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like the quarterback he's supposed to be. I'm telling you, anyone who has Jacksonville on their schedule, look out. They're going to be a playoff team this year. I'm saying it right now. They are. They're going to be. New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I mean, come on, Pittsburgh. I mean, this is the Jets, right? Um, Pittsburgh's leaving rusher was their quarterback, Pickens, which I would like for my quarterback to be my leading passer, which I'm sure he was. But I don't, I don't need him showing up as leading rusher in a game. That's not what you got a quarterback for. Um, and I have to watch more to know, but I, I'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with why they lost that game. Buffalo Bills survive a scare from the Baltimore Ravens. Once again, here we are, a, a running a quarterback showing up as the leading rusher in the game, Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson can do that because that's kind of his deal. He's, he's, he's special in that way, but, you know, um, I really like to see my quarterbacks lighten it up in the air more so than on the ground. Uh, Josh Allen and them somehow pulled that one out. Is um, but you know we're starting to see that maybe the Buffalo Bills are not this unbeatable juggernaut that everybody thinks they are. I think you know they're they're a good team. I think they're definitely gonna be there in the end. But you know they're like the rest of us. Any given Sunday, it can happen to you. Arizona Cardinals beat the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, you know. It happens. Um, Green Bay Packers struggling with the New England Patriots. Didn't see that coming at all. Packers win it in overtime, 27-24. to 
they I was really surprised when I turned this game on. It was at the end of the first half, and it was very low score. Um, uh, Rodgers had no pass, had hardly any passing yards, and hadn't really thrown the ball a whole lot against this New England defense, which I imagine the defense fairly decent with Bill Belichick as the, as the head coach, but... I mean, they were on the third-string quarterback. You know, I thought that the Packers would have won this going away. So all these people who are saying that, oh, the Patriots aren't great anymore without Tom Brady. Yeah, they're not the Patriots that they were with Tom Brady. But, I mean, they're still a pretty decent team. The Raiders finally get on the board with a win over the Denver Broncos. Man, this Russell Wilson thing has just not worked out so far. I don't know if it's the coach, the quarterback, but they got to get it together, and they just lost. Denver just lost their star running back to an ACL injury and one of their best defensive linemen for a few weeks because he's having to have a knee surgery. So starting to get starting to get late early in Denver, Colorado. Tonight there will be the Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco 49ers. I'll probably pop back on and let you know. That one goes. All right, so now that we have four weeks of the season officially in the books, let's take a look at what's going on around the league here. If you go over to the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins are leading the division with three and one records. The New York Jets are just right behind them with two and two, and New England is one and three. If we take it over to the NFC East, Philadelphia is in the lead four and zero. Dallas three and one. Giants three and one. Washington one and three. Take it to the AFC North: Baltimore two and two. Cincinnati two and two. Cleveland two and two. Pittsburgh one and three. That's a very tight division there. Everybody is right there. NFC North: Minnesota three and one. Green Bay three and one. Chicago two and two. Detroit one and three. Nobody's running running away with anything here so far. AFC South, Jacksonville 2 and 2, Tennessee 2 and 2, Indy 1 2 1, Houston 0 3 and 1. The only team that has yet to win a game. NFC South, Tampa 2 and 2, Atlanta 2 and 2, New Orleans 1 and 3, Carolina 1 and 3. AFC West, Kansas City 3 and 1, Denver 2 and 2, LA LA Chargers 2 and 2, Las Vegas Raiders 1 and 3. NFC West, Arizona 2 and 2. Rams two and two, Seattle two and two, San Francisco two and two. That division there is completely tied up across the board. Let's take a dive into the NFC West. Let's see here. So, according to this right now, Arizona is at the top. I, I don't know why that is. I think it's just how they got it lined up. But let's take a look. Let's take a look at Arizona. Let's see how they're doing. All right, so all right, so taking a look here at Arizona. Let's see. Arizona, their points for eighty eight, points against is one hundred three. They're negative fifteen in the points differential. That's not a good sign. Even though they're all tied up, this division's all tied up at two and two. To be negative in your point differential, that means obviously that you're not scoring more than you're giving up. And so that's not going to be very, that's not very sustainable 
if that's how you're going to be for the whole season. The L.A. Rams, .470 points against 94. The L.A. Rams have the biggest have the biggest minus on points. They're minus 24 on points. The, Ram, the Cardinals are minus 15, and the Seahawks, points 495, points against 115, are minus 20. The only one in this division that has a positive uh, point ratio is the San Francisco 49ers, points 471, points against 46. That, uh a positive ratio of 25. So let's take a look at San Francisco. Let's see where do they rank in offense? Since they're obviously scoring points. Where do they rank in offense here? All right. So this offense is, let's see here. They got it so far ranked in yards, but I want to see. Uh, I don't know. Actually, they got it ranked in uh in points. Okay. Yeah, that's important. That That's, that's what I want to see. I want to see where do you rank in points amongst other teams? Because, I mean, yards are kind of pointless in a little bit, a little bit, just because of the fact that who cares how many yards you get? Are you scoring points? That's that's the name of the game. You don't, we don't win by by picking up yards. We win by scoring points. So right now, in points, let me just make sure this is uh, sorted out the way I want it to be. I'm pretty sure it is though. All right, so right now, scoring points, San Francisco's ranked 28 in scoring points. That is uh, almost last in the league. But if we go down, let me see, where's team defense here? If we go over to the team defense, Let me see here. Come on now. Where are you? Because that's what I want to know. I mean, so offensively, they're, they're 28th ranked offense in the league, and that's going solely off of points scored. That's mainly what I'm looking at here. Because, um, like I say, that is how you win games. You don't win games by yards. You don't win games <clears throat> by any of that other stuff. It's really, it's it's about... Uh, how many points you score? So okay, here we go. Team defense. Let's go. Team defense. So points given up. Right. This is how we're ranking point team defense. Because once again, I don't really care about how many yards you give up. I mean that 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 does tell a story in its own. But the number one deal is. How many points are you giving up? Are you not giving up any points? Well, it's I'll tell you what. On, happy hours on at Chili's. Oh, Catch Will this offense miss Tyreek Hill? Yeah, so the San Francisco 49ers are giving up the least have given up the least amount of points in the league at 46. The Buffalo Bills have given up 58. That that is the key right there. That is why the San Francisco, I believe the San Francisco 49ers are probably the best team right now in their division. Alright. Let's see here. Any other divisions we need to take a look at here to see. After four weeks. Let's go ahead and take a look at let's take a look at the NFC South. Alright. NFC South. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
They are um, point four eighty two points against sixty eight. They're plus fourteen. Atlanta Falcons points four one hundred three points against one hundred one. They are plus two. New Orleans Saints a one and three team points four seventy six points against ninety six. They're minus twenty. Carolina Panthers. One and three points four seventy eight points against eighty five. They're minus seven. So let's go ahead and look at our front runner here with the with the most positive numbers here. So let's um where does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rank in in offense? Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right now ranked at number sixty uh, number sixteen and and offense. Now, where do they rank in defense? So, middle pack offense, they're, they're doing okay. They're not killing it. I mean, I, I, I think right now I'd have to take them over. Um, right now I have to take them a little. You know, their, defense, their offense is definitely better than that of San Francisco's. But, hey. So, now, let's see. Where do they rank in defense? And defense, Tampa Bay is ranked number five. With 68 points. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Let's go have a quick look over at. Alright. So. NFC North. Miami Vikings. 86 points for. 80 points against. Plus 6. Green Bay Packers. 75 points for. 69 points against plus six Chicago Bears 64 points for us 77 points against minus 13 Detroit Lions 140 points for 141 points against minus one now that's something I want to show y'all here Detroit Lions let me see here Detroit Lions are actually the number one scoring team in the NFL. They have the number one offense in the NFL right now. But let me show you something. Because the Detroit Lions are currently sitting at 1-3. and three. You say, how is this possible? How can you have the top scoring offense in the NFL and be 1-3? and three? Well, let me show you a little something about those good old Lions. Those, those good old Lions are ranked... Dead last in defense with 141 points given up. You, you can't win games that way, man. Like, you can't count on yourself to have to score that many points every game. The other, let's see here. Who did I say was my front runner in this um, division? In this division, we have, let's see, who was it? Oh, so Tampa Bay and both Temp both Green Bay and Minnesota are right there neck and neck. And I think that they are pretty neck and neck with the same amount of, same point differential. Um, You know, I mean, we'll see how, we'll have to see how it goes. Both three and one. About the same point differential. Nobody's been, they haven't been winning their games easy. That's what that tells me. They haven't had any easy ones. Now, let's take it to the NFC East. 
4-0 Philadelphia Eagles. 115-471 against. They are ranked. They have a plus 44. Um, I believe that is going to be the highest, the highest point differential in the league right now. Plus 44. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, that's it. That is the highest, and it's not even close. That is extraordinary. Plus 44 point differential after four games. That, that's pretty crazy. Your Dallas Cowboys are 3-1, and 71-4, against, plus 9. New York Giants, 3-1, 76-4, 71 against, plus 5. Washington Commanders, minus 34. And you know what? I think that might be your... Your lowest in the league right there. You see. Um, yeah, I don't see anybody else who has a worse point differential than, than the Washington Commanders. Now, let me tell you something. Like, these teams that are kind of bubbling around, I mean, you may be positive, but, but just by a few numbers, you know, those are the teams that it gets hard to trust down the stretch. Can they hold out? Can they win you games? I don't know there, you know. So Philadelphia is obviously the killer on there. Let's uh, see where they rank in offense. In total offense, Philadelphia Eagles rank number four. And let's see here in total defense, Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to be up there at the top, I know. Number four offense. Come on, where are you, little Eagles? Number nine in defense. That's not bad. I heard about it. Like I said, I'm not diving into all the nits and crannies of it, but this is just giving you a quick summary of, you know, how teams are doing. All right, taking it to the AFC. We got Kansas City with a plus 33. That's a pretty good ratio. Denver Broncos with a minus 2. Los Angeles Chargers with a minus 16. And the Raiders, Vegas Raiders with a minus 4. That That is alarming right there for the Los Angeles Chargers. That is worse than the Raiders, who are a minus 4, and the Broncos, who are at a minus 2. The Los Angeles Chargers are supposed to be in that contending category. But they are minus 16 out of 2 and 2. So they found a way to win some games. But to be minus 16, that is, um, you know, I mean, it's still early. But that does not look good for them. Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South, plus 38. 105, 467 against. Tennessee Titans. Minus 26. Indianapolis Colts, minus 28. Houston, Texas, minus 20. That's not a very good-looking division outside of Jacksonville. Where Jacksonville is, that tells me, I mean, though it's all tight right now, Jacksonville is really running away with this division. That's how kind of how I feel. AFC North. AFC North gets a little tighter. Baltimore Ravens, plus 19. Cincinnati Bengals, plus 21. Cleveland Browns plus 10. Pittsburgh Steelers minus 16. It's only one team in the minus. And then AFC East, Buffalo Bills 56. Miami Dolphins 7. 
New York Jets minus 25, New England minus 24. So there you have it, man. You know, you have to get your uh, point differential up there because otherwise it's just not going to end well for you in this season. Um, anyways, that's some stats. That's some nuggets. Take it. Do what you need with it. I'm out.